Hello, my name is Charles Colton, and welcome to Teaching for Mastery. So in today's episode, we are with Dr. Thomas Herr, who is one of those educators who truly walks his talk. And what makes him even more remarkable is that as the head of New City School in St. Louis, Missouri, he inspired and led an entire school community to walk with him, to embody a vibrant learning environment that was based on multiple intelligences, project-based learning, social and emotional intelligence, and communicative competence, long before many people were even talking about these things. It is truly an honor to have him with us today. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Well, I'm delighted to be here, and I have to start off by saying I'm flattered to be here. It's nice to have this forum, but whatever that was good at New City School happened because of the incredible people with whom I worked. Yeah. Thanks for all that you did to do and care for that place and those people. Today, we will be taking a little bit of a deep dive into something that Tom has articulated as the formative five. Tom, I wonder if you could tell us briefly, what is the formative five? The formative five basically is my, my category of the success skills that I think we educators need to teach children to really succeed in life. But when you think about the people who are successful, whatever the arena, whether money is your criterion, being a good person, being a good spouse, making a difference in the world, whatever it is, it comes down, I believe, to five success skills. And that's my formative five. And they are empathy, self-control, integrity, embracing diversity, and grit. And it seems to me that what we need to do in schools is be both intentional and transparent in teaching these in a way so that kids not only become good students, but they become good people. What is one thing that a teacher could do or bring into their classroom tomorrow? First thing I think that teacher does is that teacher talks to other teachers. Um, education can be a very lonely profession. You know, it's being alone in the middle of the crowd. You spend your day with kids. Uh, they could be eight years old, 18, whatever. But too often, teachers work in isolation. And it seems to me that just in general, if I'm a school leader, what I want to do is encourage and facilitate collegiality among my teachers. When I do presentations about the formative five and I go to conferences and schools, one of the things I'll start off by doing is I'll ask the audience, are there differences between success in school and success in life? And I let them turn and talk to one another. And I know it's a great question because I have trouble getting people to stop talking. So I finally get the crowd back and I'll say, okay, educators, raise your hand if you think there are differences between success in school and success in life. Well, almost everybody's hand goes up. And then I'll say, okay, raise your hand if that is reflected in the curriculum of your school. Hardly anybody raises their hand. So that says to me that we need systemic changes. Empathy has several levels. There is cognitive empathy, which is knowing what other people think. That's pretty easy. You can discern that from the newspaper, from the news. That's easy. The second level, though, is emotional empathy. And that's really feeling. And that takes a little more effort. That really means understanding what people feel because you investigate, you learn. You do more than a superficial Passover. You talk, you might even visit with other people. The third level is actionable empathy, 
where you really do something. And the case I make, picking on empathy again, the case I make is that if we really want kids to be empathic, it's not enough for them to understand and feel they need to do. A key in teaching, and this is true in anything, is reflection. Here's a specific strategy, and this would work whether kids are six or 16. Give them a piece of paper, tell them, write down your initials, and then write down the initials of three of your good friends, okay? Next to those names, what I want you to do, write down what these people would like for a birthday present, and then share. Well, what, what you will find, what the adults know, and what you can lead the kids to understand is that if you don't have much empathy, you assume that everybody wants what you want. Of course, why wouldn't they? Kids who have empathy, whether they're eight or 18, understand that Sally might want something different than John, different than Jose, different than Kim. And that's a wonderful way to get into talking about how people are different, what the world, what the world is like. I wonder if we might just take a moment, Tom, um, to drill down a little bit into one of the formative five that you've identified, embracing diversity. I'd like to broaden that, you know, beyond racial and ethnic and gender diversities to also include cognitive, the political spectrum, neurodiversities. But this idea of embracing diversity and the ways in which teachers can address these topics in constructive and meaningful ways for their classroom culture and for those students who happen to be part of their classroom. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about that for us today. Yeah, thank you. That's a really timely question. Um, and what I want to preface it by saying is, if you think of the formative five success skills, diversity is the only one that's preceded by an adverb, embracing diversity. We need to not just respect people and appreciate them. We need to embrace them. And it seems to me that with the political tumultuous times in which we live now. If I'm an educator, first I've got to realize that this is a contentious issue and I need to be thoughtful. That doesn't mean that I need to back away. It doesn't mean that I say, well, I'm not going to do it. To me, it argues even more that we help kids appreciate the differences among people. We need to do it carefully. We need to do it in a way that respects everybody. But I think we, we do everyone a disservice, not only our kids, but the people with whom they are going to be living and working when they grow up. A disservice if we don't help them understand that differences need to be embraced, differences need to be accepted and appreciated. Embracing diversity needs to be reflected in professional development. We always planned the year and made sure that we had opportunities where that was going to take place. If embracing diversity is the goal, and I think it has to be, we need to be really aggressive in how we look at it. It's not enough to just teach. It's not enough to just work on it with our kids. We need to work on it with our community, including including our faculty. If I'm a principal and I'm listening to this, I would be thinking, gosh, gosh, when, we, when I walk in the teacher's lounge and I look at people, are folks mixing? Are there racial groups? Are there groups by gender? What does that look like? Because if you're going to embrace diversity, you need to embrace diversity with everybody. Thank you so much, Dr. Thomas Herr, former head of school at New City School in St. Louis, Missouri, 
Thanks again. Thank you. So Tom is still sharing his wealth of knowledge and experience as a teacher, consultant, speaker, and author. And you can find links to his books on the page where you accessed this podcast. It is truly an honor to have him with us today.